Well, welcome to Providence if you're not used to being here. We're glad you're here today. Thank you for loaning us your kids for a week. We really, truly had an amazing time with them. They were incredible. And again, the thank yous for the people who served could go out over and over and over from our security team, our craft team, our Bible study team, our fourth and fifth grade crew. I mean, there were so many folks that set up a tent. Um, all those folks, thank you. But I also want to say thank you to parents. It's hard. We wear them out, and I know that, and they get grumpy at night and all that sort of thing. So thank you for getting your kiddos here. We want to invest in them, and we want to serve our kids. That's something we want to do as a church, is serve our church and our community. And I want to say personally, as a dad of two kiddos, thank you, congregation, for being the kind of congregation who puts up with a weird Sunday like this. I know it's fun and different, but there's a lot of places this wouldn't fly. Thank you for being that congregation that loves our kids. Um, thank you, 100 people for spending your time and your week, for going through all the background check stuff that we have to go through, from doing the training that we put everybody through. And I, I know I ask a lot of you to serve. Thank you very, very much. We appreciate you very much. I appreciate you very, very much. If you have a Bible, open it to Luke chapter 24. We're going to do day five of EBS. So normally, like we're right now, we're tracking through the book of 2 Timothy. We'll pick that back up next Sunday morning. Um, if you're not a member here and you don't have a place to go, we would love to have you come back next week. Um, if you're a member at a church that preaches the Bible, praise God. Thank you for joining us. It's great to have fellowship um, with other believers, and we enjoy having your kiddos here. But if not, we'd love to have you back next week, uh, 9 o'clock for Bible study. That's our favorite part for our kids, 1030 for worship. We're going to be in Luke chapter 24. There's a, there's a black Bible there. Um, if you'd like to grab that, you are certainly welcome to. It'll help you as we kind of track through. We're going to be in Luke 24, starting in verse 13. So my guys and ladies, now, now again, this is VBS, so this may not be your typical sermon. Parents, you actually get to talk. So parents, you get to do that too. Kiddos. Just normal VBS. Y'all talk back to me when I ask a question, okay? Y'all good? All right. So this week at VBS, we talked about that Jesus rose from the dead. And the first people that got to see him was a lady named Mary from Magdala. That's where she was from. It's a town there, a little, little kind of podunk town. She was not a good church lady. She came from a really rough background. As a matter of fact, she was possessed by demons when Jesus finally found her. But changed everything for There were several other ladies who he appeared to and then to a few of the disciples. And they came back saying, Jesus is alive. And everybody else said, what in the world are you talking? What kind of craziness is this? Dead people don't come back to life. And there were two of these folks who decided they were getting out of Dodge. Things got rough for people who were following Jesus. They didn't want to be the next person on that cross. And these two folks were walking out of town and heading home. So there in Luke 24, starting in verse 13, it says this. And that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, so a little bitty town, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened, Jesus dying being buried, and, and hearing that he'd been risen again. Verse 15, And they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went to them. So Jesus catches up. Apparently Jesus is a strong hiker here. He, he catches right up to them. 
It says, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Uh, he dumbfounds them by asking, what are y'all talking about? They, they're walking along. Jesus catches up. They're talking. What are, what are y'all talking about? And they just turn. What? You don't know? Verse 18. And one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these last days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. In other words, he was strong, he did miracles, he was an amazing preacher. Verse 20, And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hopes that he was the one to redeem Israel. How many of y'all have ever had hopes crushed? Kiddos, you ever had that hope? Uh, my, this, was, this was a weekend for my kids. They were wanting to do a few things, and it rained like every afternoon. Y'all, y'all, did anybody else have some, we were wanting to do this, and it just bleh, it crashed, right? Adults, that's life, isn't it? It gets worse, doesn't it, unfortunately? How many of us have had our hopes crushed before? That's what these two men were enduring. Their hopes had been crushed. Verse 21, let's read it again. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. That word redeem, it's, it's an old word. It's a really important word. We use it with coupons, right? Coupons no good till you get the product. You turn it in and then you get something back. And that's exactly what God does for us. They were hoping that Jesus was the one, the coming Messiah, the anointed one, that special person coming from God who was going to fix it all. And they thought fixing it all looked like fixing the politics. They thought fixing it all looked like taking away sickness, making everybody rich, all the things we all want. It may look a little different for each of us, but we all want those things. And they thought Jesus was that person who was going to do exactly what they thought salvation should look like. Jesus was the one to save But he surprised them in what salvation looked like. You see, he wasn't going to fix everything at that very moment. He was going to change them. And then later, he'd come back and change everything else. It says in the second half there of verse 21, Yes, besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Verse 22, Moreover, some of the women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find the body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb. This is Peter and John when they run back there. They found it just as the women have said, but they did not see him. And he said to them, so this is Jesus talking now. So he, he's about to fix everything, all right? So they, they've got this. Their hopes are dashed. They're, they're so overwhelmed by this that when he asks what happened, they just stop dead in their track. And listen to what Jesus says. Oh, foolish ones. That easy way to start a conversation there, right? Total stranger. You fool. But Jesus is about to fix it all. He's about to catch them up on all the stuff that we should know. And the reality is, we should get it. 
We see things and we know what's right. We know what's wrong. We know what we ought to do. But we constantly sin. That's the Bible word for when we choose to disobey God. We know we ought to turn to God all the time. We know that stuff. But how often are we just so foolish we miss it? Guys and gals, how often? How how many of you know you should obey your mom and dad? Is that anybody shocked at that? Oh, I'm, I'm not seeing any kiddos. <gasps> like, that's, that's not news, right? Y'all know that. How many of you always obey your moms and dads? <laughs> All right, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. There's witnesses here. You got to remember who's in front. They can see that, all right? We're so often so, we know stuff. But we just don't get it. And Jesus is about to fix it. So verse 25, and he said to him, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe. Catch that word there. That's really important, to believe. All that the prophets have spoken. Prophets were the people in the Old Testament who'd written down God's word. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? In other words, the Old Testament said Jesus would be killed before his glory. In verse 27, this is the... This is my favorite verse in this passage. And the beginning with Moses, this is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. All those books, all that chunk of the Bible, that first chunk there. And then all the prophets, that's the rest of the Old Testament. He interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now we're going to come back and finish this passage, but but I want to kind of break down what he did here. You see, Jesus knew the Bible better than anyone else. He was God. He wrote it. He used these prophets. He used folks like Moses to write down exactly what he wanted to say. His Bible is useful. This is actually what the sermon next week, ironically, is going to be all about. Uh, We're going to be talking about what what does the Bible say about the Bible. But what Jesus said about the Bible was that it was all about him. Not, not just the New Testament, not just the, the Gospels that talk about the stories of when Jesus was here on this earth, but the entirety of the Scripture, all the way the stories of Adam and Eve and the stories of the flood and the stories of David, all those weren't about be a big strong guy and face your giants. They were all pointing to Jesus. He's the point of the whole thing. You see, it starts with creation, and we, we kind of know this. I mean, even if you're not in church, you know, you, y'all know the Bible says God created everything. He created a dude named Adam and a, a lady named Eve. But what we sometimes forget is God's creation was good. He did it out of love and joy and to share the glory of who he is. He wanted Adam and Eve and all their descendants, folks like us, to glorify him and to praise him and be in perfect fellowship. He created everything to be right and good. He also created us to need him. He created us to function properly when God was king. But then something happened. My kiddos, y'all probably know this. What did Adam and Eve do? Did they follow God all the time? Everything awesome? What'd they do? They ate a fruit. God said, God, they had one rule. Parents, have you ever felt like this? One rule and you couldn't do it. That's Adam and Eve. And it wasn't just 
an innocent eating of a piece of fruit. They were saying, we don't want you as king, God. We reject you. We rebel against you. And that seed of rebellion that started in the hearts of Adam and Eve has been passed down to every one of us. It's been passed down to me. It's been passed down to you guys. All right, kiddos, I got another question for you. How many of you had to have a lesson from your moms and dad about how to lie? Right? You didn't need that, right? But how many of you have ever told a lie? Yeah, all of us, right? Moms and dads included. We didn't need to be taught to do that, did we? Parents, did you have to teach your kids to disobey? Do, do we have to learn how to twist that knife in the coworker for our advantage? It, it just comes to us, right? It, there's something broken in our very nature that's been passed down from Adam and Eve. But, but that's not it. Not only was that passed down to it, we love it. We say, yes, sign me up for the sin train. Every one of us, the Bible says, have sinned and fallen short of glory of the glory of God. So God created a good world and good people who would enjoy him and love him. But all of us have sinned. We've fallen is the word the Bible uses. And just like my sweet little daughter, she got tired last night at a birthday party. She tripped and fell and hurt her knee. And it seemed like the whole world fell apart, didn't it? Because it hurt. I mean, she, she got a good old skin knee. That's where we're all at spiritually. It just all falls apart. And we can't fix it. So God created and we fell. But then Jesus comes and he redeems. And all the way, I'm going I'm to jump back to Isaiah, one of the prophets, said it like this. The iniquity or the sin, all that weight that was on us, was laid upon him. 600 years before Jesus came, Isaiah was already talking about exactly what he would do when he was here. He was here to die for our sins. And so all that weight was placed on him. The Bible says it in Isaiah in another place like this. That by his stripes, in other words, by his whipping, by that horrible event of his crucifixion, we are healed. It doesn't mean you're cold or you're cancer. It means your soul, the deepest part of you, can be healed. In the book of Ezekiel, it says that God will take our hearts of stone and give us a heart of flesh. That's the good news. That's the gospel. And Jesus preached it from the Old Testament to these guys. And then he encouraged them that it doesn't just end there. That one day, Christ would return and restore everything to what it should be like. We call that restoration usually. So creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. He, he said that and he taught it through the Old Testament. And then look what happens to these guys in verse 28. As they draw, drew near to the village to which they were going, he acted as if he was going on further. But they urged him strongly saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. Don't miss this little thing. Jesus is good. And when you get to know him, you want to spend more time with him. They were making excuses up because they wanted to be with the Savior. And they didn't even realize it was him. The Bible says it this way in the Old Testament. Taste and see that God is good. He's very good. So he went in to stay with them. 
And when he was at the table with them, he broke bread and blessed it. And he, excuse me, let me try that again. He took bread and he blessed it. In other words, he prayed and thanked God for it. And he broke it and gave it to them. What does that sound like to you, guys and gals? He's breaking bread. Does that remind you of anything? We didn't talk about it in VBS. The Lord's Supper. Yeah, the Lord's Supper. He'd just done that with his disciples. In verse 31, it says, And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. It's Jesus. We've been with Jesus the whole time. Here's where it gets wild. And he vanished from their sight. Remember when we said Jesus could do anything? Yeah, he can do anything. All right. Verse 32. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn with... Okay, now let me tell you. Somebody's sitting with me and disappears. First topic of conversation. What happened? His teaching was so good. What they got out of the scriptures was so good. First topic of conversation. Man. What he said was amazing. That's the words of Jesus. That's what God's word does for us. It's that good. Okay, let's keep going. Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and they found the eleven and those, that's the disciples, and those who were with them gathered saying, the Lord has risen indeed. Y'all remember the Easter greeting? Some of you, if you're, you're part of more of a liturgical church, and we, we take on that here, every Easter, for almost 2,000 years, the traditional Easter greeting has been the, the pastor or whoever's leading worship would say, He is risen, and the congregation would reply, He is risen indeed. And we would do that three times. We do that every Easter. This is where it comes from. The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told them what happened on the road. Now he's known to them in the breaking of the bread. Sometimes we just need to pause. Take in a simple scripture like a child. Kiddos, sometimes in the midst of all the fun of summer, we just need to be quiet for a moment and think, what's God done? And I don't want y'all to miss what God has done in the stories that are true out of the Scripture, the fun, but the fun that's teaching us something that I hope has maybe opened up the Scriptures to you and maybe some of y'all are getting it. Parents, maybe this is coming to a fun week with your kiddos. Come to hear them sing. Maybe this was God's plan to get your attention a little bit. Who knows? But don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this opportunity to see Jesus for who he is. He's the Messiah. That means he's the Savior. He's God's one to come and fix everything in your heart. And so parents, friends, church, I want us to do just a couple things as we close. We're going to sing here in just a moment after we pray. Um, some of the, the VBS team, um, part of our worship team, and Miss Angela, one of our rec leaders, is going to come up and lead us in a couple songs, a couple hymns. So we're all going to stand up. We'll all sing together. If you're not used to that, we all, uh, ha- well, not we all, some of them sing really good. The worst team up here, they sing great. But 
Most of us are like me. We can't sing a lick, but we sing as a church and praise this Savior. But during that time, I I want us to let this kind of ruminate a little bit. I want it to just kind of sink in a little. These things, the whole thing, has been written so that you would believe Jesus. You see, the Bible calls us not just to know about Jesus, not just to know this stuff, but to turn our allegiance back. Just like Adam and Eve said, no, God, we don't want you as king and ate that fruit. We're to reach out the other way. Not not literally, but in our hearts. We're to trust Christ and his saving power that he was the one who did everything right for us. He was the one who pleased God for us because we can't. He is the one who takes away sin by his death on the cross. And we pray and believe. The Bible uses another word. It's the word repent. It's turning from our sin and our ways to Christ. It's a change of allegiance. It's not just cleaning ourselves up, although that'll be a result. But what saves us is that act of faith, that act of repentance, of turning from my ways to Christ as King. Maybe this is the first time you've heard it. Maybe this is the first time it's made sense. I would love nothing more than to chat more with you about that. Joe, we've got several elders around. Jeff, one of our elders there in the, in the um, sound booth. We would love to chat with you about that during the singing, after the singing, whenever you can. Some of you, though, parents, maybe you've seen God working in your kiddos this week. Maybe God's, it, it's, time, it's clicking. Um, we've got some resources we would love to share with you to kind of keep following up on that, to help that continue and come and that fruit to grow. And so if you want to go by the kids' desk, there are these cardboard, I don't even know what to call them. They look kind of like a ticket. Um, But it says just exactly kind of what we said this morning, and we'll help you share the gospel with your kiddos. So don't miss this. Families, if you don't have a church home, man, we'd love to have you come back next year. Let's pray, and then we're going to sing our way out of here. So let's uh, bow before the Lord today. Father, thank you for what you did this week. Thank you for your scriptures, that they are totally true and that they all point to you, that they they are a pointed, useful book. They pinch us awake from that deep slumber of sin, the death that's pervaded our souls. Thank you, Jesus, that you give resurrection. By your Spirit, you you bring death to life, spiritual death to life, just as your physical death resulted in your now eternal physical life. Lord, I pray for anyone who's thinking about this stuff today, that you would help them, whether it's one of our kiddos, whether it's an adult. pray that you would work in their hearts today. Help them to have the boldness to ask a mom or a dad or someone they came with, someone on their row or an elder. Help us, Lord. May we now, just in the joy of our hearts of singing these, hearing these kids sing and proclaim your name, may we ourselves sing to you, Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, the eternal, glorious, beautiful God. Thank you for what you've done this week. In Jesus' name, amen.